You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. I'm speaking with Karen Joy Fowler. She's the author of Sarah Canary, Sister Noon, and the Jane Austen Book Club. Her latest collection of stories is What I Didn't See. She's also the editor of 80, Memories and Appreciations of Ursula K. Le Guin. Thank you for joining me, Karen. Thank you, Rick. You know, we've talked about some of your other work. I wanted to talk about this new Ursula K. Le Guin collection. Tell us about how you came to be involved in it. Uh, very simply, really. Um, my close friend, Kim Stanley Robinson, um, we, we both knew that a- that Ursula had her 80th birthday coming up, and he believed from um, some comments that she'd made about a fesh shrift that her brother had been given that she would probably like a fesh shrift. And usually I like to be the person who has the great idea and somebody else actually does the work of making it happen. But in this case, since I did not have the great idea, I had to be the person, along with Debbie Notkin, in charge of making it happen. Well, explain what a feshrift is. It was um, just a collection of um, many things from many people, uh, uh, some of whom know Ursula personally, but many of whom only read her work, only know her through her work, and um, people submitted whatever they wanted in celebration of her birthday. There are poems, there are essays, there are short stories, just all all designed to be a gift to, to Ursula, who's, um, you know, I don't think that there's anybody comparable to her in terms of the influence that she has had over so many readers and so many writers. And You know, it strikes me one of the things that uh, she and you share is a kind of um, all you, you're all over the map, I guess, or, or not so much all over the map. I would say you encompass the entire literary map in terms of the kind of work you do and the manner in which you approach it, no matter how you approach your subject, whether it's science fiction or it's just as what looks to be straight literary fiction. There's a kind of, a, I think, a, a mythic feel to it. Uh, you know, I'm certainly pleased to be uh, compared with Ursula in any way you choose. Uh, I one of the things that impresses me about about Ursula is uh, how varied her work is, um, how steady it's been. I don't think even she knows the number. You know, could tell you how many stories she's written or how many books she's published. They're 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 just legion, um, and. Some of them, one of my favorites is Changing Planes, and Changing Planes is a fairly short book uh, involved, um, which takes place sort of in an airport, but people kind of mind travel as they're waiting for their planes, and and so there are quite short little bits on, on other worlds that you can visit in this imaginary way, and so in the course of a fairly short book, she sort of throws out, I don't know, 20... Um, very compellingly imagined worlds. You know, any other writer would have written a novel or a trilogy set in each of those. She's just got so many to spare that she can just you know toss them off. It's just it's amazing. The other thing that I think is quite wonderful um, her her last book, Lavinia, her her last novel. 
I think is arguably her best. Arguably not. There are, are many that could be argued, but um, it's certainly among my favorites. And to still be, you know, having written so many things, but still have um, such a fresh imagination and such a such a lot of power, I think, is quite remarkable. One of the things that strikes me about Ursula K. Le Guin is that no matter what she's writing, it's instantly recognizable as her. She has a very um, recognizable voice, I think, a very um, pared-back one, very spare, and as you said, um, almost always evokes some sort of mythical resonances. Um, I I also love um, Angela Carter, who you and I talked about on an earlier occasion, and um, and they to me they really represent opposite ends of the spectrum. Where Angela Carter is all about um, tricks and lush language and very enjammed kind of narratives, and Ursula is is very pared down and um, very beautiful. Well, talk about um, finding all these people and this kind of collection. I think it's it's one of the things that's really nice about it as a reader is it gives you a, a just a, a great each piece in itself is really nice, but they also give you each a new a way to look at the work of the of Ursula K. Le Guin herself as well. We um, did it fairly informally. We were trying to keep it a secret from Ursula, so that. Um, made it harder to get to everybody that we wanted to but um but both Debbie and I are on a number of sort of chat lists of people who um who care a lot about science fiction who care a lot about women's fiction and who care a lot about Ursula so I'm sure there are many many people who should have been asked and were not and that I deeply regret but we got to as many as we could well I also like the publisher I think Aqueduct Press is doing some really great stuff I do too. I think um, Timmy Duchamp, whose press that is, has just uh, she is herself quite a brilliant writer, both um, uh, both her criticism and her fiction, and um, I think she's doing some really exciting work of books that I uh, wonderful books that I think might have had trouble finding a home without her. So I think we all need to be grateful for the work that she's doing. Well, also, too, I, I think collections like this point out the both the pleasure and, and the importance of criticism. I, I you know, um, again, as you and I said earlier, reading is always very collaborative. And um, I, I think that certainly the collection on Ursula Gwynn c- includes people who are very scholarly and footnoting everything, but also people who, you know, read her at 13 and just want to talk about what that experience was like. And I love both kinds of responses, so that was great. Uh, Karen, tell us what you're working on now. I'm working on a novel um, that I have been in some way or another working on for several years. I think I wrote the first couple of um, sections of it, brief brief sections, maybe 20 to 30 pages, um, before the Jane Austen Book Club. Um, I I was trying to write this novel, and then I got an idea, well, I got the idea for the Jane Austen Book Club, and it seemed like that needed to be done quickly, or somebody else was going to have the idea. And then um, I thought that I would go back to this book, but it has a chimp in it, and uh, my editor 
I had two ideas for books, and I uh, talked to my editor, and she thought that the the one without the chimp would follow the Jane Austen Book Club easier. I'm not sure. She made a very compelling case. Um, I'm not sure that now that she was right about that. She felt that the Jane Austen loving women of the, of the world would have trouble following me into a chimp book, but I think she may have underestimated the Jane Austen loving women of the world. It's easy to underestimate the women of the world in any sense. <laughs> well, she did ask me if Jane Austen had ever put a chimp in one of her books, and I was forced to com- to acknowledge that she had not, but she died very, very young. Who knows what she would have written had she lived longer. There might have been a chimp book. <laughs> well, I- I'm sure it would have been a, a-, a very well-mannered uh, chimp. <laughs> Probably a very eligible chimp. <laughs> I've been speaking with Karen Joy Fowler. Her new book is What I Didn't See. Thank you for joining me, Karen. Thank you, Rick. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.